What do you eat for breakfast most days? I eat either eggs, this is going to be super boring, but eggs and maybe like a protein shake. I kind of go light in the morning. What's your favorite go-to snack? Like hard boiled eggs again. <laughs> I eat a lot of eggs. Like a hard boiled egg with like chipotle mayo smeared on it or that everything bagel seasoning that's super good. Mm. What's your favorite takeout food? Probably pizza. Excluding spices and oils, what are your top three pantry ingredients? Vinegar. I have a whole cabinet full. Coconut milk and ice cream chilies. Any kitchen gadgets you can't live without? I'm very practical. A very sharp knife. Like a really high quality sharp knife. That would be my number one. Amen. (laughs) Hey, Tedra. Hi, Jade. Today we've got Natalie Perry, author and blogger of perrysplate.com. She's a wife and a mama of four who loves to cook and bake. And after a slow transition, she settled on a mostly paleo lifestyle. I mean, four kids is a lot of kids. No joke. I've got two. I'm not ready to double it. (laughs) She's actually got a cookbook out. It's called The Big Book of Paleo Slow Cooking. And she's already in the works with her second cookbook. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. And you guys, she's been blogging since 2008. That's 10 years. She's an OG, yo. (laughs) Yes, an original gangster in the blogging world. Plus, she's a longtime recipe contributor to the Pioneer Woman's blog. Sweet. For years, we've all been following some of the most inspiring bloggers and social media influencers online. Simply put, we get inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite influencers is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Natalie. Okay, Natalie. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about your background and tell us like where did you grow up and a little bit about your family? I grew up in Idaho. I was the oldest of three. I met my husband. Well, that's kind of a long story with a lot of like follow-up questions, but we were in Russia. <laughs> and oh. we ended up getting married two years later after we were both back in the States and we'd had a chance to date. And it was kind of a fast moving relationship. We got married about, let's say it was 2003. And then four months later, he was actually deployed with the National Guard. And so we were separated again for like a year and a half. Oh, wow. And then after he came home, we went to the Bay Area for him to go to chiropractic school. Since then, we've moved to the Reno area and we have four kids. We have three girls and a boy. I've always loved food. I grew up in a family who loved food and loved to cook. And so I think it was just kind of ingrained in me. And through my husband's education, we've learned how to eat better and take better care of ourselves. And that kind of fueled my passion to just eat really well. Although I'm I'm not like 100%. (laughs) Obviously, I don't think anyone is. But that's kind of why I do what I do, I guess. So I did read on your blog where you said it was sort of like a five-year path to this healthier, mostly paleo type lifestyle. What did that look like in the beginning? Like, were you just regular mom cooking normal meals, you and your husband? Like what was actually, what sort of sparked that original thing? Like, let's clean up our diet a little bit. I always like to cook from scratch just because I thought it tasted better. And I knew that like a lot of processed food had some gunk in it and we kind of wanted to avoid that, but we weren't like really strict about it. I just like to cook from scratch. So usually if you hear about a family who tries to move towards a healthier lifestyle, it's usually the wife who drags everyone else behind. And in this case, it was my husband who dragged me. (laughs) I really love to bake. And my blog at the very beginning was just like an online, my recipe binder online that I wanted to be able to organize and access. But a lot of it was baked stuff and like sweets and things. And so my husband, I'm kind of the stronger personality in our relationship. (laughs) So my (laughs) husband, he's so sweet. I love him. 
obviously he's my husband, but he came home and would be like, well, I've been learning about this stuff. And then he would tell me and I'm like, I'm not going to stop baking. What are you talking about? Like, I don't know. I would just, I was kind of kicking my heels or kicking my feet and dragging my heels. I didn't want to come along, but we did this experiment really early on where we just went off gluten for a month. That was all we did. And it was really eye-opening. Like once we reintroduced it, it was amazing how much different my body felt. I felt like when I reintroduced it, I just felt stomach ache and my, my stomach was all bloated and I was tired. And my whole life up until that point, I thought it was normal to just feel sluggish and tired after you eat dinner at night. But it's not. It doesn't have to be that way. And so since then, we've taken very gradual steps. Our kids were, we had two at the time and they were toddlers. So it was a little easier to start them because they were so young. And so they've kind of grown up with it, even though they are kind of picky still. So yeah, it's been a very gradual change over five years. We've kind of been replacing things with other things and gradually making changes. My husband teaches wellness classes in the office he works in. And one of the things he always talks about is to make, if you want to change anything in your life or your lifestyle, it has to be easy, gradual changes or else they're not going to stick. And so for us, that was really obvious. And so right now we're in a good place. We're not 100% paleo all the time, but I do feel better when I lean that direction. And I, I feel like our family's health overall is better when we do that. So I think Jade was probably seeing her thinking something similar to you where she had people in her life that introduced paleo to her like through the Air Force. And she was like, no, I'm not doing that. Just get away from that. <laughs> I like my bread. I like to bake, you know. Okay, you're nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit. So... What does your recipe development look like? Because I will tell you that your recipes are very impressive. I think you've done like really amazing things with desserts. And I'm just curious, like when you, when you test a recipe or develop a recipe, like how do you come up with it? How, how many times do you have to try it before you're like, this works? It depends. It can come through a lot of different ways. Well, right now I'm working on a cookbook and so my schedule is a little different than it normally is. It's more intense. And, but I have a notebook where I just keep a a running list of just ideas that'll pop in my head or things that I'll see somewhere that I want to adapt to be healthier. Or sometimes I'll just pull from my blogs, like really popular recipes that are old, that aren't clean at all. And I'll just kind of clean them up and then bring them back to the front. Or I'll just kind of write down a tentative, kind of some few notes about what I want to change or what I want to add or whatnot. And then when I get in the kitchen, I just start cooking. And then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then I try it again. And sometimes it takes two or three times. Sometimes... I might nail it on the first time, but I usually make it again just to be sure I could reproduce it. It wasn't just a fluke. I read that you're doing, or you're a collaborator on Pioneer Woman for five years, last five years. Yeah. Yeah, How did that come about? That just kind of fell in my lap. (laughs) I'm not sure why they picked me anyway. So when I first started blogging, I just had a little point and shoot camera. And then a couple of years into it, I realized that I really loved it and wanted to get more into it. And so I bought a, a DSLR. And I guess it's been over... I haven't updated my thing in a while. I guess it's been eight years. It was 2010 when I started with her. So yeah, I guess it was eight years. So Pioneer Woman has a side website, like a sister website called Tasty Kitchen. And it's like a a website where people can upload their recipes. It's like a recipe sharing community type of thing. And they have a blog that's just on Tasty Kitchen where they would have like contributors just pull a recipe from Tasty Kitchen to highlight it and do like a step-by-step tutorial. Anyway, I would get a lot of my recipes featured on the main site like when I would upload them and my pictures and stuff. And the lady that was in charge of it asked me if I wanted to be a contributor for the Tasty Kitchen blog, which I was completely honored and floored. I felt like I was like this tiny little fish who didn't know what she was doing with all these other bloggers who were more experienced. And and looking back at my, some of my first posts, it makes me kind of cringe that she... I'm surprised that she would even ask me, honestly. <laughs> but I think it was a huge 
big deal for me. And I think that was one of the points where my blog started getting more traffic and attention. And then you also contributed to her cookbook, one of her cookbooks? No, not her cookbook. Now they don't have the Tasty Kitchen blog anymore. It's it's not active. And so she made another spot on her main website called Food and Friends. And so she pulled... Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. So she just pulled like a handful of people from the Tasty Kitchen blog. And I guess the admin for the Tasty Kitchen site really liked me. And so she kind of recommended me for that. And they took me on. There's only like... 10 people or they're doing it. So that was a huge honor for me too, to be on her main site. So it's just a fun little gig and I can do it as often as I want or not, or you know, when I have time. So, but it's been really fun to have that connection with her. She's a great lady. So I mentioned your desserts and I'm going to be quickly making that strawberry souffle that you have on your website. <laughs> it looks so delicious. And also that mango sorbet. But there was something I read that I had never heard of before, something called a fat bomb. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what is that? It's a horrible name. <laughs> <laughs> so the low-carb, high-fat trend is getting super popular right now with like keto diets. And I think it's good for like a reset, kind of like Whole30 is like a reset. So it's the whole idea of increasing the healthy fats in your diet. And a way to do that is to like make this concentrated, it's basically candy, but it's not sugar. I mean, it's low carb, but it's made mostly of healthy fats. Like those fat bombs I think I used is that has like cacao butter and coconut oil. It's just like this little fat bomb, I guess, (laughs) just to like increase your healthy fats in your diet, just like a little snack or a treat that you can have. Yeah, I'll have to tell my sister about that. She's doing the keto and she's always like, I need more fats. I need more fats. So that would be a great thing for her. Yeah, she'd love that. And really, I like increasing my fats in my diet because it keeps me more full. I mean, protein kind of does that too, but I know that healthy fats do the same thing for me. And my body reacts to it really well. So So tell me one thing that sort of surprised you about being in the blogger world, I guess. I think how quickly things change. I've been blogging for about 10 years, which is kind of a dinosaur it's a long blogging. time. It is a long time for a blogger. And I kind of miss the old days where you could just really connect with your readers on your blog and you get lots of comments and just really connect there. And I think social media, in ways, it's kind of killed your interaction on your blog, but it's also given you opportunity for more exposure. So it's kind of a double-edged thing. But what surprised me is how technical a lot of stuff is, especially now when you have to worry about like search engine optimization and things that can go wrong with your blog and making sure your pictures are formatted right. Just like all the technical stuff I didn't realize. And I guess it wasn't as big of a deal back then, but just how technical things are getting and continue to be. And you really have to kind of educate yourself and take the extra step to figure all that out on your own. Do you do all your own technology? Some of it. I usually don't have a lot of issues come up. I do have a designer that built my blog for me. I don't really know how to do any of that. (laughs) And I don't really want to know. (laughs) I can fix things sometimes if things are kind of wonky and I can kind of adjust things on there, but I usually go to her for most things. As far as like other technical things, unless I have an issue with my blog come up, I would ask my host or my server or somebody, but I just kind of just do things on my own as far as the SEO and all that stuff. What would you say you love most about what you do? I like making people happy with food. (laughs) That's simple. That's something that I've always loved and being able to do it on on a bigger scale and help people see that eating healthy doesn't have to be boring or tasteless. And one of my favorite, favorite things is when I get comments from people who are like, my husband hates artichokes, but I made this and he thought it was amazing. Like that's my favorite thing is to win over picky people. And so when people like comments like that about their kids or their husbands who are super picky, like it just makes my whole week. <laughs> Did you have someone that was sort of a mentor when you got started or were you sort of just on your own figuring it all out? I was part of 
Well, I would connect with other bloggers and kind of bounce things off of them. We kind of we kind of stuck together at the beginning. You know, there's a lot of us that would kind of ask each other questions about certain things. And I had a couple of friends when I was I'm looking for a camera to buy, I would kind of ask around to see who liked what kind of camera. And there's actually a Facebook group that I'm in for food bloggers that's really, really super helpful and supportive. And we all get together and kind of compare things that we've done and advance ideas off each other. And so it's been great. But as far as like one mentor, I don't think I've ever had like one. It's always changing. So I don't know if there's anyone that knows everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So I think it's pretty interesting. A lot of people that we talk to mention how the community is, it's like you meet these people online and before you know it, you've had, you've got these friends that are like authentic friends that have come out of similar interest in blogging. Yeah, it's true. I think a big part of that too is going to conferences and actually meeting them in person. It kind of solidifies that. And I haven't had the opportunity to go to a lot just because of my family situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's a logistical nightmare for me to leave yeah. <laughs> anywhere for overnight. So it has to be really worth it to me. So I haven't gone to very many of them, but I'm going to one in a couple of weeks. And so it is nice to connect in person. I think it is, is really good that way. So how long were you into the blog when you started to say like, oh, I can make money from this or, you know, realizing that there's a way to make this like an actual profession? It was a couple of years. At first, when I started blogging, the idea of having ads on your blog was like, oh, you're going to be a sellout if you have ads on your blog. Why would you do that? <laughs> Which is kind of ridiculous now that you think about right. it. It's a lot of work to maintain a website and to like That's develop right. recipes take photos. So there's no reason. I mean, plus everything you put on your blog is for free unless you charge like a membership fee. It was probably three or four years before I searched for an ad network. Maybe it was a couple of years because my traffic kind of started to go up. But I wanted it to be worth having the ads on my blog. Like I didn't want to just get like 10 bucks a month for all these ads. You know what I mean? Like I wanted it to right. be worth having it on there because I was kind of hesitant too, just because I was more like whole food based, even in the beginning. I didn't want to have like ads for junk food on my blog. And so that's been really important to me to find an ad network that can filter a lot of stuff out. Even though it's not perfect, it's a lot better than it used to be. And when I started working for a pioneer woman, she pays her contributors for her posts. And so that way I've had another income stream. And so I've kind of kept that contact with her for that also. So let's talk about your cookbook a little bit. So the big book of paleo slow cooking. So when that came out last summer? Yeah, August. And so I've always hear like people say it's kind of a long process, like two year process, right? Or maybe even longer. Yeah. Well, this one I'm working on now is going to be a little shorter time frame, but that one was, it's like a marathon book. It took forever. And it's like, I heard people would always say like writing a cookbook is like having a baby and it totally is. <sighs> and while you're in the middle of it, like pregnant, I guess in your cookbook development. <laughs> like you swear you're never, ever, ever going to do it again. But then it comes and you get it in the mail and you're like, oh, it's the best thing ever. I want to do it again. And so you have that amnesia and you start all over again and wonder why you're doing it again. <laughs> but yeah, it took me nine months to do the recipes. And granted, it was kind of the nature of a slow cooker book. Cause like, you know, you throw stuff in a pot and I didn't know if it'd work out for like six or eight hours. And so it was kind of a longer process. How'd you decide on that theme? It was kind of a collaboration between me and the editor. So I was actually approached by a publishing company. So I didn't submit book proposals or anything, which is really kind of lucky. It just landed in my lap like that. So it was kind of a collaboration. They asked me for ideas of what I had in mind, and they kind of brought some ideas to the table of what they think would be good in, in the market and what would sell well. And so we kind of agreed on one, and that was what we agreed on. So yeah, it took me nine months to do the recipes and then like another two months to do the photos. So it was almost a full year. And then it was another year after that before it actually got printed. 
And did you do your photos for the book too? Yeah, I did. Wow. Yeah. So you had to basically like cook everything again. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. Well, there's only 70 photos for 200 recipes. So it wasn't only 70. (laughs) So there's not a photo for every recipe, but it was a lot. And I kind of planned on that when I was doing the the development. So if I had like a super something that could be reheated easily and wouldn't look awful, I would just stick it in the freezer. And so about a third of my photos were from stuff that I pulled out of the freezer and reheated. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm all about slow cooked meals. I cook like so much and then I shred it all up or whatever and I I freeze it. And I always have so much food in my freezer that I can heat up anytime I want. So nice. Yeah. I love it. It's so nice. Okay. So what, what piece of advice could you give maybe someone who's just starting out looking at the paleo world? Like, you know, if they're a newbie, what advice would you give them? I would say from the get-go, just do like a short stint of just strict eating just to see how your body feels and how you react to that. Just kind of like either like a Whole30 reset or just something to just clean your system out and then begin to reintroduce and see how your body reacts. That will actually be a big indicator. It will like let you know like, okay, well, this makes me feel this way. And that is a strong motivator to maybe not eat those things as much than to just say, oh, well, I shouldn't eat this and not really knowing why. Yeah. Yeah. I actually did my first Whole30, I think like two years ago now. And that's when you really were like, okay, these things are not settling well with right? me when you do the reintroduction. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it really is probably the best way to figure out what's not right for your body. Yeah, I agree. So what does your food perspective look like for a week? Do you cook every day? Are you cooking big batch meals on Sundays? Or you know, what does it look like in your life uh, week to week? When I'm not working on a book, I usually cook every night. Well, well, first I decide what I'm going to work on for my blog. If I have recipes that I'm in the middle of developing, then I'll pick a day or two and just kind of cook a lot. And then sometimes we'll have leftovers depending on if the kids have activities. On the weekends, I kind of just take it easy. I'll cook if I feel like it or I won't. I don't usually batch cook, even though that's a great idea. I just never have the energy on the weekends to do it (laughs) because my weeks are so busy. What we eat is usually determined by my blogging schedule. My kids are kind of used to that. <laughs> Do you have like a couple food bloggers that you'd love to follow? Let's see. Um, I follow a lot of them. I feel like they're all my friends. And so it's like following people on Facebook, you know, just that you're friends. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I like to follow. I, I kind of have my foot in both worlds as far as like the paleo bloggers and the conventional bloggers. Because I started out as like a traditional blogger, but then I sort of switched halfway through. And now I'm kind of... So I have a little group of like regular bloggers that I like to follow and then a group of like paleo bloggers. One of my favorite paleo bloggers is Michelle the Whole Smiths. She's hilarious and she's so funny. And I just, I love how real she is. And she's just, she's a great person. Yeah. Do you have a favorite cookbook? Favorite cookbook. It's like asking favorite children. <laughs> I know. Are you, well, <laughs> let me say this. Are you a cookbook collector or, I mean, do you love cookbooks? Some people do and some people like, Yeah, you know. I do a lot. I have maybe almost 70. Yeah. And I love the ones that I have. I have a few that are signed. Like I have one from Tyler Florence that he signed that I met him once. And that's like one of my prized things. So I, I love Tyler Florence. And I was like a teenage giddy girl when I met him. Anyway, it was embarrassing. Then I have a couple signed by Pioneer Woman, just like for sentimental value. But for the ones I use on a regular basis, I like Michelle Tom's Num Num Paleo book, like the red one. There's a lot of great yep. mm-hmm. in there. 
I don't even know. I'm like, I should be downstairs looking at myself. No, I mean, that's good. Those are some good books. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to just ask Jade if she has any follow-up questions, everything she just heard about. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I loved when you said, it's a logistical nightmare for you to leave town. I was like, yes, I feel vindicated in my own life. <laughs> yeah. It's so true when you have kids. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But I was curious for you to go a little bit more into like just how it looks with your kids and feeding your kids. And do you have to prep a lot? Like, does everybody eat at the same time? I mean, I'm just a little bit in that boat of kind of preparing separate meals and I'm hating it because I always Mm -hmm. envisioned, you know, one meal and yeah, but it's like they're picky and I want them to be nourished. And if the one wants the avocado, it's like, well, I can't say no to avocado. So I'm curious how other women are doing it, you know? Oh, it's so hard. And I go back and forth in my head all the time about how I want to do things. But one thing I try not to make, well, I don't make separate meals for everyone, for sure, because I would just lose my mind. Yeah, you've got too many kids. <laughs> so I try not to do that. But also I try not to just be so hard nosed and be like, okay, well, this is dinner, eat it, all of it. You know, I try to accommodate them to the point where it's not too stressful for me, but that they'll still eat. So like... We have a lot of dinners where there's a lot of different components, like taco salad night or like different things they can put in bowls. And so they can kind of make it on their own. So I'll just put a bunch of stuff on the table and they just kind of eat what they want pretty much. And I loved, there's this book. It was the French kids eating, what was that lady? She's French. She raised her kids in France. I think I read it. Yes. French kids something. I forget it. I loved it. I think it. it's French Kids Eat Everything or something. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. And one of those, I kept like nodding in my head. I feel like we're spirit sisters or something because I totally <laughs> agree with everything she was saying about how as a parent, I'm in charge of putting the food out for my kids. They're in charge of how much they eat and put some of it on them. Like I don't force them to clean their plates if they don't yeah, want to. Yeah, that's right. Like it's coming back to me now because yeah. I read it as well, like before my first kid. And I remember thinking like, oh, I really want to do it this way. And I think it has, even though I haven't been able to follow through 100% with it, I have like had it sort of be a guiding force to help me keep the balance. And yeah, you're right. Like it is, it's nice to hear that you're kind of in the same boat that you just give them a lot of selections. And I was telling somebody else on an interview too, I think I read somewhere once that like it takes an average of nine times before Mm -hmm. a child knows if they like it or don't like it. And so it's just that much more important that you always put it in front of them until they really have had enough of a chance to decide if they like it or not. And yeah, so there's a lot of if I'm already making it, then I'll try to keep the bland version set to the side for the kids and <laughs> hope they take one bite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or if I made a super something that's got a lot of chunky stuff, I'll like throw some of it in the blender because I know some of them don't like that. And then they'll Oh, that's a good it. idea. Yeah. Because the texture thing, right? Yeah, texture thing. Yeah. Cool. Well, also, did you say what the second cookbook is about and I missed it? No, it's a pressure cooking cookbook. So like Instant Pot kind of a thing, but it's, oh, but it's paleo. Awesome. So it's similar to my last one, but it's more geared toward pressure cooking, which has been really fun. I've been moving a lot faster this way since you don't have to wait six hours for something to get done. <laughs> it's been nice. Preaching to the choir. <laughs> I just did ribs the other day. I was like, wait, they're done in 15 minutes? Right? This is a joke. <laughs> I had a rib yesterday too. It was, oh, it was amazing. So yeah. yeah. And then crisp them up in the broiler, done. Okay, so tell us if you have one or two great tips for our listeners, just anything about life. 
don't push a kid to potty train. Like, let them do it when they're ready. The first kid, I totally learned that lesson. (laughs) If I call you at 9 a.m. on any given day, what are you most likely doing? I'm either coming home from taking my kids to school, or if my husband took them that morning, I'm starting, like, whatever workout thing I feel like doing that morning. What is something people be surprised to know about you? I'm actually um, an introvert. You've unplugged in the evening. How do you decompress? I really love to sew and watch Netflix. Who are your top three people you love to follow on Instagram? Let's see. Melissa Hartwig, the Whole30 Guru Lady, Pioneer Woman, and... This lady, her account is named Late with Kate, and she just posts these like bizarre and hilarious things about her life and just things she finds. Anyway, I like her. She's funny. Name the book you currently cannot put down. You actually asked me that at a good time because I don't usually read novels, but I just started, I had like a stomach bug over the weekend, so I was laying around all day. So I started Stephanie Meyer's book, The Chemist, which is actually really good and not like her other books. (laughs) The Chemist. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, describe your perfect day. Let's see. I'm home in my house by myself. It's totally clean and I can pretty much eat what I want when I want. I don't have to like do anything for anyone else. And yeah, that's pretty much my perfect day. And I actually get a lot done. I like accomplishing a lot of things in one day without interruption. What's your beverage of choice, both in the AM and the PM? AM, usually just lemon water or maybe like herbal tea. In the PM, I always grab like a LaCroix or like a ginger beer. I love ginger beer. What city has you shedding a tear when you leave? I'm actually kind of a homebody. And so if I'm anywhere for more than three or four days, I just want to go home. (laughs) Okay, so you mentioned Netflix. What's your current Netflix addiction? Let's see. Well, now that I say Netflix, I actually watch more stuff on Amazon Prime than Netflix right now. (laughs) Actually, I just finished watching The Crown, which was really good, the second episode or the second season of that. I do watch a lot of Bones when I'm sewing. What snack has you tippy-toeing to the kitchen in the middle of the night? Mochi ice cream. Any favorite beauty product found in your bag at all times? LipSense lip gloss, which is like my favorite of all time. Who would you love to have coffee with? Let's see. I don't drink coffee, but (laughs) if I had to just sit down with someone, I would have some tea. Maybe Melissa Hartwig. I've been kind of following her a lot lately, and she's been really great. Do you live by a motto? Not one motto, per se. I have a really strong set of religious beliefs that I hold to. Keep you balanced. Yeah. Do you have a celebrity crush? Oh, man. Zachary Levi? Flynn Rider? Chuck? Yeah. I'm toast around him. (laughs) What song do you currently have on repeat? Well, every time we get in the car, my two-year-old wants to listen to Shake Your Booty by the Casey and the Sunshine Band. So that's my repeat song at the moment. Who's your girl crush? Probably Kat Dealey, who's the host of Say You Think You Could Dance. She's just adorable and so cute and fun. What's the best gift you've ever received? Just time to myself. I need a lot of alone decompression time. So if my husband takes the kids for the day, that's like the best gift ever. I hear you. Classic introvert. (laughs) Yeah, really? (laughs) What's the best gift you've ever given? Let's see. Off the top of my head, I think 
my best friend right now is, she's been struggling with a lot of health problems for the last few years. And a couple of years ago for Christmas or her birthday, it's in December, I can't remember which one it was. I gave her, I made her a pillow with like a pixelated heart thing on it. And it was like a big giant like bed pillow that was so fun to make. And she loved it. And it was something that I knew she'd appreciate and love. And I love making things for people. That's the things that I like to give the most. What's the last thing you Googled? I think it was where Andorra was. We were watching the Olympics and my husband's like, where's Andorra? And I thought I knew. So I had to like prove him that I was, prove to him that I was right. Because <laughs> I'm a geography nerd. <laughs> okay. What's the greatest life advice you've ever received? Probably anything that has to do with communication. About not being afraid to ask for what you want. Don't ever assume anything. Like always just have open communication and especially about your expectations about things. Because I read a thing once about how a lot of grief and problems come from just unmet expectations. And so that's helped a lot in my marriage and with, you know, the kids and just in life in general. So true. And I had somebody along those same lines once tell me, always assume there's at least one more thing you don't know about the situation or the person that if you did know would change your opinion. And it's really true. It's really true. Totally. I agree. Okay, well, Natalie, it's been a real joy having you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. Can you tell the listeners where we can find you online? Sure. You can find me anywhere at Perry's Plate. That's all my social media handles are Perry's Plate. My blog is perrysplate.com. And yeah, I'm usually online somewhere (laughs) at any given time. (laughs) Check it out, you guys. She has amazing desserts, amazing recipes. So thanks so much, Natalie, for being on the show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Jane. So that was great getting to know Natalie a little bit. And I have a question for you so that our listeners get to know you and I just a little bit too. What is your top favorite pantry items? Three of them. Give me your top three favorite pantry items. Mm, Top three. Okay. These days, coconut milk for sure. Mostly because I have it in my coffee every morning, but I also cook with it quite a bit. And then I always have to have a good olive oil. Obsessed. Mm -hmm. Me too. And then, um, oh, I know. You know. You know, Tedra. Canned potatoes. I eat them so many oh, mornings. Right. I'm obsessed. Like, fry them up in a pan with my eggs. Love. No joke. Like, my husband knows now he has to buy, you know, 15 cans every time he's at the <laughs> grocery store. Does he really buy 15 cans? Maybe not 15, but 10, definitely. A lot of times they have, <laughs> 10, they have like a good 10 for 10 bucks or whatever deal. Yeah. 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 Actually, you introduced those to me, and I'll admit I'm a fan now. So good. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. Tedra. So let me ask you a question. Tell us what your favorite go-to snack is. Okay, so I'll just say it. It's beef jerky. Mm. The only reason I say it hesitantly is because I once was with a coworker and I was eating some beef jerky as a snack and he was like, oh, you eat beef jerky? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, my wife would never eat beef jerky. And so then ever since then, I just thought like, is it something like ladies shouldn't have beef jerky? Like, what does that mean? (laughs) I don't know, but it's always like I'm a tiny bit of paranoia behind like eating it in public now. That's so funny. But it is. I love the turkey jerky too, actually. I've gotten into that lately. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so we just want to thank you for listening today. And if you like the show, we would love for you to head over to iTunes and give us a positive review. You can find us at wegettoknow.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and on social media at wegettoknow.com. 
head over to Instagram. We would love to hear from you and get your opinions on guest and show ideas. Our music is provided by the talented Blake Atwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care, you guys. And as we continue to get to know all of our favorite influencers and bloggers. <laughs>